Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. This Friday at Guatney Chevrolet Gregory Street Exit in Jacksonville. Coming to you live from the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio. Oaklawn, Arkansas's only casino resort. Now, here's Justin Akery and Wes Moore on the Buzz Radio Network. 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of need his name up in lights he just wants to be heard whether it's the beat of the mic he feels so unlike everybody else alone in spite of the fact that some people still think that they know but no he knows the code it's not about the salary it's all about reality and making some noise making a story making sure his click stays up the red white report is brought to you by big o tires with locations in conway on hark Rider and in cabot on prospect court big o tires offers an endless selection of wheels and tire combinations. Big O Tires. They have everything you need to fit your budget and style. Well, the Razorbacks squeaked one out in seven innings yesterday, 16-3 to over Nebraska-Omaha. Dominating performance on the offensive side for Arkansas. Josenberger got his fourth home run, scored three runs, had three ribbies, three hits, three runs, and three... In three at-bats, rather, for Kendall Diggs, who had a couple RBI as well. Three ribby day for Jace Borfin. Jared Wagner had a triple, his second of the year. In three at-bats, he was one out of three and a couple RBI for him. So it was basically just a hit parade for Arkansas. 14 hits in 30 hit-bats, 16 runs, 15 ribbies. Uh, they took nine walks. They uh, got an RBI off a hit batsman. It was a little bit of everything on offense for Arkansas, but a dominating performance. Not much to glean from that, but a good way to pad some stats there, Wes. On the pitching side, not a great outing for Ben Bybee, at least comparatively to what he's been doing of late. He gave up three earned runs in two innings. Dave Van Horn on his starter yesterday. He couldn't command his fastball. First inning, he was just spotting it up. Second inning, and then it, in the third inning, he tried to throw a couple breaking balls and he was leaving them up around the you know, chin high, and we're just, you know, we already had someone getting loose, and I told Coach, let's just get him. And, uh, you know, he threw Saturday, but he didn't throw a lot. Uh, he had a couple days, and, you know, so maybe maybe he was a little tired, but uh, our first inning was really good, and then after that, it was just it was just okay. So felt like it was time to, to go get the other guys, and those are the guys we were going to throw tonight anyway. Yeah, he didn't mess around. Uh, first inning, Bobby did look good. I was like... There were a couple of pitches, I mean, upper 90s, like 95, 96, good breaking ball. I'm like, dude, this guy, you know, maybe he can be pitching on the weekend yeah. or something. And then he came out in the second inning, and he, he was all over the place. And, and Van Horn, his short leash, Yep, he walked a guy, and then the next guy started off with the ball, and here comes Van Horn. I was like, whoa, okay, all right, let's go get him. Um, also, Dave talked about uh, pitcher Ben McLaughlin. And, Wes, it has been a minute. Got a couple of strikeouts in an inning. He has a. He's an. He came to Arkansas as an infielder, third baseman, first baseman, corner infielder. Uh, but he did pitch in junior college. He, you know, he's a two-way player. But when he came to Arkansas, he was kind of, you know, thought to be maybe more of a hitter, infielder. And then he tore his meniscus, and then that it was like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. But then the coaches told him, when you come back, we're going to try you as a pitcher. Here's Dave on his performance. He was a pitcher out of high school, hurt his elbow, had Tommy John surgery, uh, had, had a couple of really good years, really good years, sophomore year swinging the bat in junior college and put up some big numbers, played some third, mostly third and some first. Since he's gotten here, though, he's gotten strong. They didn't lift much weights there, and I'll let him tell you about it, but he's a lot stronger now and he's gotten bigger, arms healed up, obviously, and with the injuries and you know, we were getting ready. To, we were talking about getting him ready to pitch, and then he hurt his knee. And then we talked to him about it. You know, while he was rehabbing it, and he was still working the arm. And and he's he's had a few bullpen sessions with coach and uh, and coach Hosser, he'd throw it. You know, he'd tell me, "Hey, he's throwing strikes, man. He's he's got a feel for throwing strikes, and that's the key to pitching, to throwing strikes." So uh, it was really good that he, you know, got his inning in and. 
didn't just throw all pass balls. He mixed in a slider, too, so it was good. All right, one last thing here. Football is uh, hosting Pro Day today, and we'll get results of that. We've already gotten some. How many bench uh, reps for Terry Hampton? 33. 33 at 225. That's, like, real good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll get full results on that and probably talk about it a little bit tomorrow. I'm sure you'll hear a little bit about it on Out of Bounds of Drive Time Sports as the news leaks out from the Hill in that regard. Practice also. Got a handful of those underway for spring practice, and here is Coach... Pittman on the freshman who stood out so far. The one guy that stood out the most in all of them is Luke Haas. A really good football player. A guy that's catching the ball extremely well, can run, can get open. And uh, that's probably the, the guy of the young guys that has stood out the most, even though I've been really happy with Braxton and Metcalf and, and uh, R.J. Johnson and Dallas I mean, I've been happy with those guys, the young guys in the secondary, but I think Luke has is the guy that's probably stood out the most in the freshman class. He led the Pulaski Academy Bruins to nine state championships in his time there. Bill Belichick described him as probably the best high school coach in the country. His unique strategies garnered attention nationwide. The Zone welcomes... Kevin Kelly into the show. Brought to you by Bowen Hefley Orthopedics. The best surgeons. The best treatment. All focused on you. Coach, thank you for your patience. We are on the road at Simmons Bank in Whitehall. Lovely new location. 1305 Robin Road. Ribbon cutting at 2 o'clock. We encourage everybody in the neighborhood to come by and say hello. If you're not in the neighborhood, get in the neighborhood. This is a great new location. Spectacular. So uh, happy to be here. How are you? I'm doing well. Can you hear me okay? Do I need to put it up to my mouth? You That's sound fantastic, actually. And I don't That's often nice say that. Ever said to me. Nice no, today, maybe as good as it gets. I'm Coach, yeah, I've, always wanted to, I've always wanted to be involved in a ribbon cutting. I know. You know, I don't know where they keep those big scissors. I don't know if they've got some kind of giant sheath. Scissors? Yeah. I know. I know. I've never done that. Did you guys not do a ribbon cutting in your new uh, your new business yet? No, because I think you've got to actually be building the facility, like from the ground up, and they cut the ribbon no, there. No. I don't think they no. can you just move it. No, that's not true. Um, you do a groundbreaking when you're first building it, and then you do a ribbon cutting once it's open. Yeah, we missed it. That's my stupidity. We missed out. Well, no. Listen, this place has been open since February. They do a soft opening, and then you do like a yeah. grand opening, and that's when you do the ribbon cutting, and you have the Chamber of Commerce over, and you rock and roll. So I can still do a ribbon cutting. That's 100%. I'm Wes, and I, Wes and I would love to come out and do a remote during your ribbon cutting as well. We we can go on the ribbon cutting circuit, Wes. We can yeah. open all kinds of new businesses. That's a good circuit to be on. People love ribbon cuttings, and they love circuits, and they love you guys. Well, they like us, at least, and they tolerate us mostly, but... I think they um, love less. Yeah, that's true. Okay, good point. That's the, not the nicest thing you've ever said to me, but it's one of the most honest things you've ever uttered. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, well, uh, hey, before we dive into uh, football items, and I want to get your thoughts on the analytics side on basketball, too. Wes is uh, all over UConn. But I want to get your thoughts on um, pickleball, Coach. And, you know, you were the one that introduced me to it, and I have become sort of light addicted to it, I will say. I'm not, like, crazy, crazy, but I'm trying to play at least once, if not twice a week right now. I'm really digging it. I think I'm getting less terrible at it. Although I played with a guy the other day who was, like, way, way better than all of us, and he hardly ever plays. He also had just shot a 70 the day before on the golf course. I hate guys like that that are good at everything. They're so annoying. I wanted to punch him, but he was on my team, and he carried me to, like, four victories in a row, so no big deal. But now I find out you're cheating on me, and you're trying to drag Basil into the pickleball circuit, and he acted like he discovered, you know, sliced bread. He's like, oh, yeah, sliced bread's really good. It's like, David, I've been eating sliced bread for a few months, thank you. Welcome to the party. But I saw you took him over there and uh, indoctrinating Basil as well, which, watching David run around with all his ailments, I don't know. I guess he's trying to use Roger as like a surrogate pickleballer. But anyway, I feel a little hurt, but uh, I know your job is to spread the word on a, on a great, fun sport that's pretty easy for people of all athletic abilities to play. And uh, i got to give you kudos, even though I did feel a little bit uh, a little bit cheated on, got to say. Well, then, and then let's hope David's not listening, but that was not me that invited David. He showed up. And, and then when he showed up, he was asking questions and talking to people and watching and, and that kind of stuff. And he came over to me and we started talking. So I did not give David the invite. So far, you're my, you're, you're my, I, I'm, I'm solely loyalty to you in our pickleball relationship. All right. That's fine. 
All right, we can talk about uh, let's talk about basketball because your analytics on the hoop stuff has been pretty good. We we had some disagreements on some games last week, and you ended up being dead on. Anything that stands out as far as these two matchups? You know, I was telling Wes, I kind of like the under on Florida Atlantic. I think their individual team number was sixty-eight and a half or sixty-nine and a half. And the way San Diego State plays the game, as far as their pace and also the way they defend, I like them to hold them down a little bit offensively. Florida Atlantic keeps getting doubted and keeps finding a way through. Uh, let's start with that game. What do you see as far as uh, key components from a wagering standpoint or a, a fan um, watching standpoint that you're looking for? Well, what I like is I like to look at you know the strength of schedule and how they play. Then I like to look at and people talk about defense and this and that and the other. Some of that's random and some rebounds are random, but. The one thing to hold true, if you can get people that played either like opponents, like in a conference, which these two aren't, or strength of schedule-wise, is how how well can they put the ball in the basket? Field goal percentage, free throw percentage, and three-point percentage. And teams that do that better in all three categories tend to win these NCAA tournament games. And uh, Florida Atlantic shoots quite a bit better. Uh, it, it's only two percentage points, but that's a lot. They're 52nd in the nation, and San Diego State's 181st. So that gives them the advantage there, but San Diego State shoots better in free throws, and Florida Atlantic shoots better at the three-point range. If you've got all three, it's a definite play on against the spread anyway, and the spread's only a point and a half or something like that. Um, I lean towards Florida Atlantic. Not a big play for me, but I lean towards Florida Atlantic. I think they actually win this game. And a low-scoring affair, or do you think they get to 70 points, high 60s? What do you expect? No, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I, I think San Diego, there, there's going to be periods. They both get after it on defense. I mean, really get after it. And, uh, and and I do think Florida Atlantic has the edge, and I like the way they run their offense. They take consistently better shots, which is why they're probably 130 slots ahead of them in shooting in the NCAA. But uh, San Diego State just gets up in your face and plays some good lockdown defense that we've seen against Creighton. Creighton scores the ball a lot. And they held them to 56 points. And if you look at at uh, uh, what San Diego State's done all year long, their defense has been fantastic and solid. And I think they can do that. But I think Florida Atlantic can do it too. I think it's a low-scoring game, and I think it probably goes under. But I'm I'm probably going to play Florida Atlantic, and I'm pulling for Florida Atlantic too. I think that'd be a cool story. Yes. It is a neat story. Uh, Kevin Kelly joining us on the air right now. It is courtesy of Bowen Hefley Orthopedics. Let's talk about the other game here in UConn. And Wes basically laughed me off to, to consider that Miami can make the game interesting. Is that a fair assessment, Wes? Uh, that's pretty close, yeah. Yeah, he basically said, you're stupid for thinking they can stay within 5.5. I'm going to make it more like 10 on the line and try to make a little extra money here because I'm greedy, I think is what he yes. said. Um, do you agree with his take? I agree that... Yeah, UConn's going to win this. And, man, wouldn't it have been – of course, Arkansas didn't come close to beating UConn. But, boy, this is the year to be in the Final Four. I mean, what's the highest speed the force? You know, and UConn has dominated. They've looked good. The closest they've been in the tournament is 15 points. And manhandling Arkansas was one thing. But I thought, man, you know, maybe they were – I've watched them all year and thought they were really good. But manhandling Arkansas was one thing. You know, you could have one of those flash-in-the-pan great games. But when they just manhandle Gonzaga, too, it looks like a team on a mission. Uh, Shooting-wise, both teams compare pretty solidly uh, in the shooting. They both shoot the ball really well. Free throw percentage, both of them shoot the ball really well. Three-point percentage, both of them shoot the ball really well. But Connecticut has that inside-out game that I don't think that Miami can match up with. I think Connecticut wins. I don't know. Easy. They're going to play a game. I think they probably win between 8 and 11 points, somewhere in there. All right, let's move on to Pro Day at Arkansas. And I, every year I marvel at uh, guys moving up and down at board, Coach, and having been in the you know, in the offices and working with the Patriots, you obviously have some background on this. I just don't understand the thinking of how, why a guy bench-pressing 225 a certain number of times is more impactful than what we saw from him from two or three or four years in college. But yet we see it every year, and, and the 40-yard dash and that kind of thing. I don't know how many times offensive linemen run 40 yards. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say probably not very often. Maybe it speaks to their explosiveness, but nevertheless. Um, c- can you tell me in your experience how much they value what they get from the combine and what they get from pro days versus what they see through a player's career? It's actually, there's actually a few reasons that some people value it, but, but it's very, you know, some people value it way more than others. Some GMs, some coaches value the combine or the pro day way more than others. And uh, part of that is this. 
they'll look and they want to see, you know, they'll call the strength coach or have somebody call their strength coach and get the numbers and look at the pro day and go, how much did that guy work when he knew he was going to audition on his biggest stage of his career? Did he improve from what you guys had to what you guys to what he showed on pro day? That means he's a guy that'll get after it when he knows it's time to get after it, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Psychologically speaking, because if you didn't improve any over the last three months and you knew good and well you were about to audition on that stage, that tells you a lot about a person's work ethic. And, you know, but it does speak to you, you're exactly right. It speaks to their explosiveness, too. And there's a certain level of strength that you have to have. You know, for instance, I mean, a tight end, he can get away with, on the 225 bench press rep, he can get away with, you know, 8 to 10 to 12 if he's going to be a pass-catching tight end. Now, if he's going to be a three-down guy that's going to be in there on runs and passes, he's got to get his strength up because the first move that you make while you're moving your feet on a running play off the line or passing play is you shoot your hand, you open-handed punch that that defender. And it's got to have some impact because that creates a moment of hesitation or stoppage on the momentum of the defensive lineman. And you've got to have that in the NFL. You've got to have it in the run game. You've got to have it in the pass game. So there's a certain level. They've got to be able to bench press, and they've got to be able to repeat it. And it does. It speaks to the explosiveness in the upper body. And then the 40-time you're right, some coaches in the NFL will say that's the most overrated thing they do is run the 40. They need to run 10, 20, you know, and they do like the L drill and shuttle run. But, uh, but still, that's a long-time factor. People look at it. They look to see if they've improved when they had a chance to work at it. But it does still measure some explosiveness. But if you'll notice, they come out with the 40 times at the combine, but they also have a laser set up at the 10 and the 20. So they're getting all three of those uh, timed uh, runs at the, at the combine. So that's what they're looking at. And like I say, it speaks to work ethic, explosiveness, uh, and also just the sheer, you know, freakness of some people. I don't know if you're – what was the tight end that played for Frisco – uh, out of Maryland a long time ago that was for, the first tight end to run a 4-3 something. Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis, thank you. And, uh, you know, when when if you never can tell when you're going to get a guy like that and they'll go, wow, what a matchup problem. And that could be the same for a defensive end and a 10-yard dash, and all of a sudden that guy moves way up the chart. So they're looking for anomalies and of guys that might – you know, have not shown that or they couldn't see it on game field. You couldn't see Vernon Davis running a 4-3 something. And all of a sudden, he became a big factor in the draft and then an even bigger factor on the field at times. Coach, I've seen Will Levis moving up the draft board on some of these mock drafts. What do you think of Will Levis? I, I, I'm, I'm surprised that he's moving well, I'm, I'm kind of surprised he's moving up the board. I'm not a big fan. I think their other quarterbacks are head and shoulders ahead of him, potential and what they've shown. And then if you dig around on next-gen stats, you can find analytics on their accuracy, and they'll go and measure how far was their throw. Was it behind them? Was it within three feet of the center mass of the chest? Those kinds of things. And Will Levis uh, is not one of the higher ranks as far as, as far as accuracy. And in the NFL, those windows get so small, and those third downs are so crucial, you can't afford an inaccurate pass. I've never been a guy that like those guys coming out of the draft or guys like, I don't know if you remember the name Blaine Gabbard, I think he came out of Missouri really high draft real high draft choice and there's been a couple more in the last few years they also, they threw the ball he threw the ball shorter amount of yards past the line of scrimmage in college anybody coming out of the draft that year he got picked higher because completion percentage was high and this, that, and the other well, he's throwing the ball six yards every time I mean, he might throw it six yards, but can you throw it 20 with a guy in your face and, and with a one-foot window in there. And he showed that he couldn't do that. So, you know, when when people are moving them up their mock boards, most of the time they have their favorite thing about a quarterback. Well, I'm going to look at his completion percentage, or I'm going to look at this or that. And Levis has done good in some, in some of those things, and I think that's it. But if you look at his film, and I've watched a lot of his film and Young's and, and uh, uh, CJ's film, and but Levis, I think, is definitely the worst one of those threes. I rank Anthony Richardson out of Florida ahead of him. And uh, Richardson's got some things I watched last night on film that might actually it lends me to believe he's got a chance to have a future in the NFL that's not bad. Coach, we're gonna have to run. Like keep you if you want to thank some of our friends over at Bone Heffley, knock it out, and then uh, we'll 
check in with you next week in person. We'll be back in the studio. Okay. Miss you guys. Glad you guys get to do a ribbon cutting. That's on my bucket list. I want to slap those big scissors. But uh, thank you, Martin, uh, uh, our Bowen and Hefley Orthopedics, for having me on. Appreciate these guys. They do a great job. Knees, hips. I just played pickleball, by the way, Justin, and you're always invited. With a guy that had total knee replacement in January. Total knee replacement. It's March, and the guy's on the pickleball court playing at a 4-0 level. Incredible what they can do. And uh, and the method and the and the and the niceness and the way they explain everything he rehab perfectly is out there in two months it doesn't get any better than that it's pretty amazing I don't even know what a four zero level is but I'm looking forward to seeing that in uh, in person someday soon coach thank you for the time and thanks to Bowen Heffley Orthopedics we will talk to you later Christian hold that for a second if you would um, appreciate okay. the time thanks coach all right we got uh, our uh, next guest here uh, at Simmons Bank if you're just tuning in we're at thirteen oh five Robin Road. It's uh, the president of the chamber, Kevin Bonnet. Kevin, appreciate you coming over. Looking uh, sharp today. I like the jacket. It's very nice. Thank you, Justin. Is that is that yes. an official like it chamber is, jacket? It is a chamber jacket. That's cool. Yes, That's sir. a nice blue. Well, we, uh, we want to stand out when we show up places. He definitely <laughs> you pops. Yeah. It pops for sure. So um, this is a pretty amazing looking bank. We were talking about it earlier the the new design here, where it's very glass, you know, on the outside. It's very bright and light, and it's a great place to come into your banking. If you're going to bank, you might as well do it in a nice setting, huh? That's right. It's beautiful. I don't know who designed this for Simmons. I'm, this is absolutely beautiful. Landscaping, building itself, just feels friendly in here too. It sure does. Even though Wes and I are here, it absolutely does. <laughs> How long have you been with the chamber? Uh, let's see. I took a phone call from uh, Mr. Joe Spadoni six, seven years ago. Okay. I didn't realize when I took that phone call that it was a lifetime commitment. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been in this role? Uh, now I've been president just since January. Gotcha. I've been vice president the last couple of years and uh, moved up president this year. So, so what? Year. Simmons has a couple locations here now in mm-hmm. Whitehall. What uh, you know, as far as their importance to the community, what, how do you see Simmons sort of uh, sort of their role in the fabric of Whitehall? Oh, they're they're vital. I mean, anytime we've asked for any support, Simmons is first to step up. Uh, we do Founders Day, which is our big event in October, golf tournament in October. We have an Easter egg hunt this Saturday. Uh, just anytime we've asked Simmons for anything, they're there. Seems like this area is really kind of blowing yes. up. You like Burger King, uh, you know, yes. the new Dairy Queen. It's just, it's a great area. Right? Yes, this is the, the, I guess, financially the heartbeat of Whitehall right here. The mayor and his team have done a great job. I moved here 10 years ago, and that Burger King was not here. Moe's and Slosky's was not here. Uh, just anything around here 10 years ago, just, it's amazing how much, this was a house where you're sitting right now. Yeah. There was a home here. How about I, that? I guess somebody saw the potential, so they tore it down. <laughs> And so the lot, and of course now we have a beautiful bank here. So right. it, this is a this, this end of town. And of course, where Simmons is on, over on Dollarway Road, we haven't forgot about them. But this is kind of the financial center. Uh, population growth has been steady in Whitehall. It's been steady. You know, we're not you know land wise, we're not just a huge town, so we, you know we don't have a whole lot of growth potential there. Most of it's been commercial. It feels like. And then of course on the other side of the interstate, where Smart is and Colton's and yeah, still, still got a lot that the mayor's doing and. Um, he'll tell you stories that you know that I can't tell you about how he does this, but just him and his leadership has brought up most of this in, and any commitments from people like Simmons. When you're courting uh, a potential business to come to Whitehall, what are what are some of your selling points here? Well. Uh, You've got the access to 530. There's a lot of traffic coming through right here. Yep. Uh, matter of fact, this is the busiest uh, intersection, or uh, um, what do you call this? Uh, interchange. Uh, inter- interchange right here, this busiest one in Jefferson County. You've got a, f- a friendly business environment from the, the mayor down. Uh, th- that's a, a growth right there. And then Pine Bluff being as close as we are, we've got a 40,000 population right here next to us that comes through here all the time. So a lot of selling points. I want to uh, suggest a uh, change the name or make a name mm-hmm. for this little road right here, this little in-between Simmons okay. and uh, Take 5. Okay. Call it Batman so that Simmons is at the corner of Batman and Robin. <laughs> well, when the mayor comes on, I think he's next. Okay. That, you're, that, that's his department. Should we pitch I'll him? throw that yeah. at him? That's good. Yeah, well, absolutely. Wes has uh, stated the silly idea twice now, so I, I can't wait to hear it a third time. It'd be great. <laughs> well, he, he's the one that can make it happen. It would be memorable. It, it would yeah. be memorable. Corner Batman or Robin. I was pushing more for Simmons Bank Way or, you know, Simmons Bank Street or Simmons Bank Boulevard or... I don't even know. I don't know where that road goes. Well, it just goes right. It, it's, it goes right behind it. It's uh. really not a road. <laughs> so I guess they to call the back cave? So I guess they the call, cave, call it what they want to. <laughs> it's on their property. Yeah. So what? What did you? Where'd you grow up? Lake Village. Oh, you did. Okay. Lake Village is home. All right. So what? What has kept you here? Other than I moved here ten years ten years ago, doing my job. 
Yeah. Yep. So we're here and uh, we're here for life. Yeah. This is home now. We've raised our children here. They graduate. One's graduated high school here. One's uh, in high school. So kind of set the roots right here in Whitehall. Gotcha. What's uh, who are your when you think Whitehall? Who are your favorite? Now I think of uh, Ryan Mallet. Yeah. No doubt. How yeah. about that? Yeah. Should have got him over here. Yeah. Used yeah. to think, of course, uh, Bobby Bolding, and they mm-hmm. had a heck yes. of a run in sure the did. state championship sure game did. a couple of years ago. Who's the tight end in Wentz Fayetteville that played here? Was there a tight end? Uh, Jeremy Sprinkle. 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 Thank you. Then he had a. Then he have a brother that pitched for Auburn. Auburn. Yeah, he sure did. Well, we don't mm-hmm. talk about those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, obviously, some good things happen in the schools, or you wouldn't have, uh, you know, because I've had a lot of friends who have moved over here. Yes. You know, from Pine Bluff or other communities that love it over here. And right. Well, we've got great leadership. Uh, we had Coach Doug Dole led us through the, you know, nobody likes to talk about millage, nobody wants an increase, but we had to keep up with the challenges. We have a beautiful facility over there, new Astro Turf, or whatever they call that turf on the field nowadays, mm-hmm. uh, Arts and Science Center over there, that uh, or Arts Center, where we can host all our events without having to move off campus, and uh, new facilities for the girls to actually dress out. You know, they didn't have facilities for the young ladies, so gotcha. as father of nothing but girls, that's important to me. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, great things. Ryan Mallis brought a lot of attention to Whitehall. I'm sure. Absolutely. Anything uh, anything else coming in soon that we should be keeping an eye out for here in Whitehall? Uh, Business-wise? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, last week, I don't know if y'all are coffee drinkers, we got a new coffee shop, a Zara's. I guess that's our version of Starbucks okay. on the local level. That's good. Uh, on the other end of town. We prefer local. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. they, they're, they're, I think they're out of Little Rock, but they've invested in Wynn Whitehall, so we're going to support them. Um I'm going to leave that up to the mayor on any other announcements. Okay. <laughs> See if he wants to get, spill the beans. That's Let's right. See. Well, Kevin, thanks for coming by. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate y'all coming down to Whitehall. Yeah, it's good to be here. All right, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to visit with Michael Felder. We're a little behind on that. We'll run to the break, and we'll get back and check in with him, see how things are going. Uh, we're going to check in a little later in the week, too, with our friends up at Guatney Chevrolet. Now I'll tell you about uh, Big O Tires right now. they got some uh, good deals on tires. Okay. That's why you pointed at me, right? So I would uh, tell you, everybody, about buy three, get one free. That's happening at Big O Tires. Right now, it's not a coupon or a rebate you had to mail in. No, it's just right there in the store. Buy three tires, four tire, absolutely free. They've got two locations, Cabot and Conway. Maybe we can get them down to Whitehall. Cabot and Conway. In Conway, they're on Ark Rider. In Cabot, they're on Prospect Court right in front of Kroger. And remember, Big O Tires does more than just tires. They also do a, uh, a great job working on your vehicle. If that check engine light comes on, swing on by. Big O Tires, Cabin and Conway, that is the team we trust. Our care is a system of medical providers dedicated to bringing you the highest quality of health care. Our care, so you can live your story. Sports Center. The number six ranked Arkansas Razorbacks baseball team got back to their winning ways last night with a 16-3 win over the Omaha Mavericks at Baumwalker Stadium. The Hogs scored all 16 runs in the first four innings of the game as they cruised to a seven-inning victory. Jace Borfin was two for three with three RBIs last night. Kendall Diggs went three for three as well. The Hogs reached 21-4 with the win last night. Now they turn their attention towards the weekend as they host the 20-6 Alabama Crimson Tide who come to town for a Friday through Sunday series. UCA saw Softball has won six of their last seven games after they picked up a 5-4 win over the Tulsa Golden Hurricane last night. The Bears rallied from three runs down in the bottom of the seventh and ended up rallying for the win thanks to a walk-off walk in that bottom of the seventh. The Bears are now up to 21-8 on the year. I'm Josh Neighbors for Buzz Radio Network. This is Pat Bradley for Alcoa Community Federal Credit Union in Benton. It's time to get outside and enjoy the great outdoors with a new boat, motorcycle, personal watercraft, or RV. Alcoa Community FCU has low-rate fund loans. Apply securely for your fund loan online at alcoacommunityfcu.org. Now serving Grant, Garland, Hot Spring, and Perry Counties. Are you still on the sidelines? Then it's time you suit up and get in the game. Download Arkansas's favorite sports wagering app, Bet Saracen, today. Hi, I'm just a opinion of the Arkansas basketball team. Bell and Sword in Conway has everything for gentlemen at a great price. Everything that a man would need. Shoes, a huge denim selection from AG, Page, 34 Heritage, accessories, and gifts. Pullovers, shirts, and sweaters. Bell and Sword, quality men's clothing in the store. The only store with a tailor on staff for your custom needs. Bell and Sword, 1016 Oak Street in Conway on Facebook and Instagram. 
from 67167. It's Trooper Colt Chipley and his partner Dirty Larry with the Arkansas Freeway Patrol. 7 Quatney 3. We have a backup at the Gregory Street exit. 10 4. This is Trooper Shipley. We're on the scene. Well, it looks like that lady broke down trying to get to Quatney's sale. Did someone say sale? 0% interest on the 2022 Silverado is back. And Guatney Chevrolet has them in stock. Plus, no payments for three months. 2.9% APR available on Equinox. And remember, all pre owned vehicles are good enough for mom. Here's my license, Dirty Larry. Now, I know what you're thinking. Do I feel lucky? I sure do. I'm trading for a new Silverado at 0%. Watney Chevrolet, 1301 TP Wide Drive in Jacksonville. Call 501-982-2102. WatneyChevrolet.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. All offers with approved credit. If you're looking for the best midday sports talk show in all of the land, look no further than The Zone in the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio with Justin Akbury and Wes Moore. All right, we're going to dive right back in here from Simmons Bank, and we are a little behind, so I appreciate Michael Felder's patience. We will join him now on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. We are here at Simmons Bank on 1305 Robin Road, brand new location in Whitehall. Michael, welcome. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys? Buddy, we're good. If you want to talk banking later, we can, but we're mostly here to talk football. And it's Pro Day in Fayetteville, and yeah. Wes has pointed out something kind of interesting that uh, Matt Landers, it was, Wes, mm-hmm. went over to Georgia and participated in Pro Day there and then is yeah. going through Pro Day at Arkansas as well. A little double-dip opportunity to impress the scouts, potentially, I guess. Is that common? Odd? I don't remember ever seeing that before. It's not super common. I think there's a lot of guys that do pro days at other schools. Usually they're smaller school guys, but if you have a relationship with one school and you know that there's going to be, I mean, it's Georgia. Every scout's going to be there. And then you also get a chance to pump your numbers up after, obviously, what, what Landers did at the combine was already good. Yeah. So you get a chance to you kind of double up and prove things and they get more eyeballs on you. I think it helps your stock. Now, one of the things that stuck out to me for the Razorbacks in pro day today was Former Razorback linebacker Martrell Spate was working out for the team. He's been out of the league or out of school for, what, five five years? Six years? Yeah, um, that, I will tell you this, that is the thing that happened. And, um, like, legitimate, like, I, I, I have a teammate that was that way and was that way for a while. And I'm not going to stay here and say that we clowned him, but we did ask, why do you keep coming? <laughs> so you did clown him? A little bit. Yeah. It is weird. Or out of the ordinary. Yeah. Again, I don't remember really seeing that, but anyway. Like, I, like if, I, don't, I don't know how many times you have to get told no, but, you know, like, it's, for me, you got to tell me maybe once and twice at the most, and then guess what? I'm not doing it. Anymore. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. Uh, Michael Felder joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. If you just tuned in, so spring practice is also going on with Arkansas. They took last yeah. week off with spring break and um, getting back to it after the pro day today. And you know, we talked a little bit from or heard from Coach, I guess, about where he felt like things were going well. And one thing to talk about is he's liking some of the depth of the secondary and uh, hopefully getting some more contributions from the defensive line. You know, going into to, to spring ball, I guess, we've got some question marks, without a doubt, for Arkansas. What about for you? I mean, where are you looking to get some answers maybe from, from Arkansas? Uh, obviously, we're going we're gonna to start up front because it's Sam Pittman, right? And so you've got a bunch of you got some redshirt seniors, but I'm also curious to see what, uh, what is it, Chambly looks like uh, as the as a redshirt uh, freshman. He might be the guy that steps in the left tackle, so I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, I want to see... Uh, KJ still look good. I'm also and listen. This maybe this is the UNC and me. Uh, what is how does how does Chriswell push him? Right. I want to see what that looks like. And on the other side of the ball, I am. You got a bunch of you got. What do you have? They have two of their starting linebackers to replace. Is that right? Yeah. So that's got that's four and Landers Sanders Sanders Sanders. Sanders yeah. yeah, I know yeah. Sanders and Landers has gotten me in a bunch of trouble too. So. You are not alone. Um, but you, you bring in uh, the Jeffco kid, you bring in Greer, you bring in Morgan, you bring in um, – where are they going to play – what's the guy, uh, Walcott? Where are they going to play is the question for me. 
Uh, well, Pooh Paul's going to be their leader at linebacker, and he stepped up. He had a very good Liberty mm-hmm. uh, game, Liberty Bowl game, and they feel like he is going to be one of those two guys. Uh, and that's who they, you know, they're looking for that second one. Well, no, they're looking for the third and fourth one, so they have depth. Yeah. But I think you can start when you talk about linebackers. The conversation starts with Pooh Paul. Okay. I think then, Wolfcott is supposed to be a safety. that they brought in, what do those guys fit into this? Christian, what did you say? I think Wolfcott is supposed to be a safety. I, I think. Okay. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm. They're very. I'm super curious about them, especially because, and we've talked about this before, but in the SEC right now, you you find me a better quarterback than than KJ. Find me one. Daniels LSU would be an argument. Okay. We've got an argument, but I, I, I'm taking KJ over him all day. I, I love the durability that I get out of KJ. So this is an area of opportunity. They've got to find ways to strike quick, and I think that's going to be interesting. And then on defense, they've got to find ways to avoid giving up the big price, big plays. But they're in a truly an advantageous situation where they have a chance to, especially with the way the SEC does the schedule, where you you get those games. Some of those games come early. You can jump on some people before they figure out who they are, and that's the part that I'm looking forward to uh, when, it, when it comes to Arkansas. Michael, let me ask you about uh, a school here we haven't talked about, I think partially out of respect, um, but since the passing of Coach Leach, the new, yeah. I guess, era of Mississippi State football, obviously there's some continuity there with Zach Arnett moving up as the defensive coordinator, former defensive coordinator, now taking over as head coach. How, how I mean, it's obviously a difficult situation, but w- how close do you expect certainly on the offensive side, but overall Mississippi State to look like they have in the past couple of years under Leach? I think they're going to look the same, honestly. And I don't, listen, obviously there's no, like, no, no shade or any of that for me. I just, I think that they're going to look pretty much the same. The thing for them is going to be, one, trying to score against Alabama. Can you do it? And two, can, can they stop people defensively? This is a team that we know that when they get on one offensively, and I think they're going to continue to do that, they can score the football. And they've gone, you know, like, you know, they've gone 10 rounds with some with other with teams that aren't Alabama. They've gone 10 rounds with them in the last few years. So the key for them is going to be, how do we stop people so that we don't have to outscore them? And I think that's going to be the part that's the most interesting. Yesterday, Coach Pittman talked about going forward on fourth down. That he wants to do that more this year. But he said, mm-hmm. I can't do that until we practice that. And so we're going to be practicing third down a lot in the scrimmage Saturday mm-hmm. so that they basically he sets them up to fail on third down so they get to fourth down and go forward on fourth down. They did that all last year, too. So mm-hmm. Fail on third down? Yeah. But they didn't go forward on fourth down as much. Well, when they did, it didn't go too well. Yeah. Um, you don't think they did that intentionally, did they, just to practice? <laughs> they uh, look like it at times. I, I, he sounds committed to at least preparing to go forward on fourth down this year. You th- is that the uh, the numbers, the analytics? Just uh, he, he's, he's uh, catching up to the game what, uh, to do that? Is that a smart move? I think it's a combo of things. We saw Lane Kiffin go for it a lot on fourth down, and guess what? It didn't work out great for him either. Um Here's what I think, and I'm not a numbers guy. I'm not an analytics guy. There are so many other people that work in this space that, like, they'll beat your head into the ground and tell you that um, you have to, like, you should go for it every fourth down because you're going to get this. I know Coach Kevin Kelly is a guy that always goes for it on fourth down. I understand that. But I, I am, for me, I dial it down. I like to make problems small. And by that, what I mean is, what, if we're going to work on this in practice, we don't have to worry about failing on third down. What we have to do in practice is we have to play scenarios. And those scenarios have to have consequences. And if I, when I design practice, if I'm designing a practice, if I'm practicing, if I'm going through a practice, we have to have consequences for scenarios. Um, the same way that we saw TCU be able to get out onto the field against Michigan, was it Michigan? Against Michigan, and kick that field goal. The same way they were, we were able to see them do that with quickness and efficiency, it's because they practiced it. And so you're not going to be good on fourth down if you have to call a timeout after the third down 
or timeout after you get lined up and look at what they're doing. So to me, the key for Pittman and the key for this team to be better on fourth down, it's not third down. To be better on, on fourth down is fourth down, which means I need you in practice to have a period where you just do fourth down plays. Everybody does two-point plays that you, you never, ever use. Let's spend that time on fourth down. And when I, when I talk about fourth down, I'm saying we're going to do fourth and six, we're going to do fourth and three, we're going to do fourth and one. And what I need to do is have a play ready to rock and roll so I don't burn a timeout. I need to have everyone know where they're supposed to be so I don't burn a timeout. And I need to have everyone understand that we're going on one or we're going on three so that I do not get a penalty that takes us out of the position we want to be in. That's what I think about when it comes to practice and fourth down. I, I am, I'm not in the world of, hey, we should always go for it, but I am in the world of, if we're going to go for it, we need to practice this, and we need to practice it consistently. Same as, it's the same thing with your field goal, the same thing with your, your clock or your Hail Mary, same thing with the defense for all those things as well. And I think that that's important. And you need to know, hey, guys, we're going to run this play. On fourth, it's fourth and three, and we need this one. Okay, we're going to run this play, and we've practiced it enough times, we've repped it enough times that everybody knows what they're supposed to do. There you go. All right, Michael, great stuff. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. All right, you guys take it easy. Have a good one. All right, buddy. See ya. Michael Felder, ready for spring. Let me get Jake in if he's still there, real quick, and then we'll take our break. It's eleven forty-seven here at Simmons Bank since nineteen oh three. They have been doing it. Founded in Pine Bluff and obviously expanding to six different states and a whole bunch of great locations here in Arkansas. You know the first personal computer was purchased by the bank? A Radio Shack TRS-80. Did you know that one? No. Yeah, it's a true story. I have it right here, my information. Um, They opened up with uh, first-day deposits of approximately $3,300 today, over $27 billion. That's good growth. Good growth. Jake, what's up? Hey, Justin. Hey, Wes. Good afternoon. How are you guys doing? Buddy, it's wonderful in this late morning. Feeling good. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Hey, so I got a question about pro days and the combine and stuff, and I've got a couple examples I'll, I'll get through as quick as I can. So we've had, like, a couple just absolute freaks that showed us combine in one way or another, or in all ways. And I'll, I'll say, like, Matt Jones for his size, being able to run as fast as he did. And then in the NFL, it just didn't pan out for him when I thought he was an excellent possession receiver for the Jags, but they never went to him. I can't count how many times or that, that playoff game against the Patriots that he was open on the out route, but they chose someone else and the ball never went to him. I don't know. And, and then he ended up getting out of the NFL. You know, you, you look at someone like Niall Davis. Man, that guy was the biggest freak of nature Arkansas has ever produced. 31 reps at 225. 31 reps, and he was 5'11", weighed 227. That's amazing. That 109-yard kickoff return when he was with the Chiefs, watch how fast he gets to the other end zone. I mean, it, it, unreal. Didn't work out. Why do our players, our position players, uh, Ryan Mallett, I know he had problems off the field. I have personally, in, in person, seen him throw an 85-yard pass and hit a receiver in stride. I've seen it with my own eyes, so I know it can happen. I, his arm strength is phenomenal. This year, I'm hoping Drew Sanders is the guy, but why do our guys that have all this ability and and everything, why do they not pan out in the NFL? And what, you know, what is it something we're doing wrong as a college, or is it something that, you know, it's just not translating over? I don't understand. And, and also, why did Drew not... Uh, do the combine. All I did was the interviews. So I, I, I'm really trying to follow him, but I there's no news on him for where he's going to get drafted or anything. I mean, you try to well, look at it, a few people might mention him early second round or whatever, but for the most part, his name's not even mentioned in the first round. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Jake, thanks for the call. Uh, let's hit the break. Can he comment on that, Wes? Uh, there's a lot, a lot of freaks in the NFL. So just because you're an Arkansas freak doesn't mean you're going to all of a sudden be the best in the NFL. I mean, that's they're, they're coming from all over. And Sanders was overcoming an injury. He's still getting back. Um, and he could be a first rounder. Could, could, sure. 
Kuiper had him as a first rounder all throughout the season. That's all that matters to me. But because he's not able to work out and do the combine in Indianapolis, I think his supposed stock had dropped. Got to hit a break here, and uh, speaking of places that you can count on, how about Max Prairie Wings down in Stuttgart, not far from where we are. We're here in Whitehall today, and uh, if you want to come by and see us at Simmons Bank, come on. But Max Prairie Wings, always happy to welcome you as well. They are your Winchester Ammo Headquarters, not only for the best prices, but for a limited time only. How about 20% off rebate through April 30th on all your favorites from Winchester? 20% off through April 30th. Crazy. They're uh, full metal jacket, rifle products, and 300 blackout, 223, 65 Creedmoor, 350 Legend, 762 by 51, and 556. Maximum rebate is 75 bucks per household, so go to Max Prairie Wings for a huge selection of Winchester Target loads, or just click maxpw.com. You can actually have it delivered to your doorstep, and if you order over $99, it is free delivery. Can't beat that. And again, a maximum rebate, just 75 bucks per household, but it's a whale of a deal, and you get a whole bunch for 20% off through April 30th at Max Prairie Wings. Online at maxpw.com or in-store in Stuttgart. Max Prairie Wings, the hunt begins here. We're back after this. Pickup truck, sports car, motorcycle, minivan, townhouse, two-story, farmhouse, fixer-upper. What you drive and where you live is different for everyone, so it's important to have insurance that fits your needs and is just right for you. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that, which is why our agents help you design a comprehensive auto, home, and life insurance plan. Insurance that fits just right. See Shelter Agent Richard Yeager in Little Rock or Todd Martin or Seth Boyd in Jacksonville. Oakwan Racing Casino Resort presents Oakwan Game Day. It's an inside look at this week's big games, exciting prop bets, and the latest betting lines from Oakwan Sportsbook. Justin Akery and Oakwan's Director of Sports Wagering, Zach Gillum, will give you all the information you need to place your bets at Oakwan. Catch it wherever you find your podcasts and on the buzz Wednesday at 9 p.m. and again Thursday mornings at 5.30 before morning mayhem. Oakwan Game Day on your fun and game station, 103.7 The Buzz. How important is price when buying tires? Maybe for you, it's what drives you to choose your tire store. How important is service? And what about choosing a tire store that is locally and family-owned? What if I told you that your local, family-owned Big O Tires in Conway and Cabot can offer you the most competitive pricing with the caring service that you expect from your neighbor? Right now, we have huge savings on our most popular sets of tires to keep you and your family safe on the road. Tires, service, and straight talk. Big O Tires. At College Hunks Hauling Junk and Moving, they move the things you love and haul away the stuff you don't. They offer packing, moving, loading and unloading, as well as junk removal. Find out why they have more five-star reviews than any other moving company. CollegeHunksHaulingJunk.com Hey, what's up, everybody? This is John Neighbors coming up on the Wednesday edition of Out of Bounds. It is a wide-open Wednesday where we're going to talk about everything in the sports world that you want to talk about. We're also going to be joined by Pat Bradley. Thanks to Motorsports Authority, we'll get his thoughts and opinions on the upcoming Final Four games as well as where the Razorbacks go from here heading into next season under Eric Musselman. Of course, we'll get to your phone calls and your text messages and all that fun stuff coming up on the Wednesday edition of Out of Bounds right here on 103.7 The Buzz. Shh. (laughs) Hear that? That's what fun sounds like. Want to know what fun looks like? Then check out Cupid's Lingerie with eight Arkansas locations, including three in Little Rock. Cupid's is a boutique specializing in all things pleasure and play. From lingerie to, well, everything you can imagine and more. Visit shopcupids.com today and treat someone special to something special from Cupid's. Enjoy. (laughs) Tune in to Morning Mayhem every week to play Fact or Crap. Brought to you by College Hunks Hauling Junk and Moving. They move the things you love and haul away the things you don't. Visit collegehunkshaulingjunk.com for Arkansas's highest rated moving and junk removal company. You're back in the zone, live from the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio on the Buzz Radio Network and online at 1037thebuzz.com. I'm on an island. Welcome back to Simmons Bank here on Robin Road, 1305 Robin Road to be exact, in 
Whitehall, Arkansas. And uh, we are happy to be here. It is a great location, and it is right off the interstate, as we talked about. Since 1903, Simmons Bank's been doing it. $27.5 billion in total assets as of the end of last year. And as we heard, they have 230 branches in six states. We're going to get some more details, I suppose, um, about some of the notable things about this great place. Coming up from uh, their community president, Chad Patillo in the final hour. We've got the mayor of Whitehall coming up in the next hour as well. Got a quick what the hell segment we're going to squeeze in today, and our final hour is going to be a lot of fun, I think. Let me give you the insane stat of the week. Yes, I love these numbers. All right. There are three players with more than 20,000 Instagram followers from this year's men's Final Four teams. Three with more than 20,000. All, uh, all four teams, just three players. Okay. They are uh, from UConn. Uh, Donovan Klingen, uh, Andre Jackson, and then from Miami, Isaiah Wong. Okay. Three of them with more than 20,000 followers. All right. There are six players from South Carolina's women's team, bitch, that have more than 20,000 players. That have more than 20,000 followers. Just from their bitch. That's amazing. Here are the uh, most followers from the all uh, the Final Fours combined. Okay. okay. Men's and women's. Flo J. Johnson from LSU. She has almost 900,000 followers. Hello, Carl. Angel Reese from LSU, 535 followers. Zia Cook from South Carolina. Caitlin Clark from Iowa. Uh, Eli, how you say, Aliyah, Aliyah. Aliyah. Boston. Aliyah Boston from South Carolina, 122,000 followers. Brianna Bell from South Carolina, 117,000 thousand followers. Alexis Morris from LSU, a hundred thousand followers. Then you get your first male, and that's Andre Jackson from Yukon. Raven Johnson from South Carolina. So then then it's Donovan Klingen from Yukon. Uh, then it's South Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, South Carolina, South Carolina, South Carolina, all females, and then Isaiah Wong and North Shadow Mir from uh, Miami. And the uh, Boston is what number? She's the player of the year last year. Yes. She is uh, 122,000 followers, and she is fifth most. It's crazy. Behind Caitlin Clark, Zia Cook, Angel Reese, and Flo J. Johnson. Flo J.'s a freshman. I don't even remember her playing when I watched LSU in the uh, regional final. Yeah, she's uh, she's she played in all 32 games. And I'm sure they were just calling her Johnson during while I was watching. Yeah, if your name's Flo J., you should get Flo J., right? Man, that is cool. Uh, Flo J. Johnson is their third leading scorer, 11 points a game, 5.9 rebounds a game, and 38 steals on the season. Um, yeah. Flo oh, J. yeah, I remember her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she, no, she, she was a nice. She was a bigger, taller girl, right? I don't know what her height is, but yeah. she's a good player, obviously. And ratings have been great for the women's tournament, too, by the way. I'm excited. Friday night. Look out. of doctors, nurses, counselors, and pharmacists. Dedicated to bringing you the highest quality of health care. But it's more than that. It's relational. It's human. It's thousands of people over a three-state footprint offering health care to all. From the country club to the homeless shelter, no one is...